This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I think in isolation, you can you can argue sort of here and there for each individual thing that we've talked about in the show. I just think when you add them all together, it just stinks a little bit. And I think we are sort of exploited a little bit for being good on the pitch. That's the thing. I don't want to come across as we are being super, super negative. I think there's so much going on at the club, which is good as well. And I think mm. it's important to highlight that, but it's also important to highlight when things aren't going quite so well as well. Hello, welcome to Claret and Blue. My name's Dan Rowlands and I'm here with three very special guests today to talk through the off-the-pitch matters at Villa Park. Obviously, the bulk of our podcasts are about on-pitch matters and we're very happy with those, by the way. Ian Emery and his team are doing a very, very good job. That doesn't mean we can't have issues with the off-the-pitch matters. Those two aren't mutually exclusive. Now, we'll have to say, we've got a couple of disclaimers, early doors. I have to say this. The views of myself and you three here are not necessarily the views of Birmingham Live or the Current Blue podcast, and that goes for the fan comments that we'll read out later as well. They're, they're just our opinions. I want this to be an open discussion, basically a roundtable discussion between the four of us. From an editing point of view, there'll be very little editing throughout this, just of maybe internet connection problems or the delays when I ask a question and one of you answer it. We did want to do this in person, but strange drugs. So uh, here we are. Uh, introducing... Simon Lyons, Max Stokes, and James Rushton. James, firstly, how are you? I'm all good, thanks. Uh, ready to have a good moan. <laughs> uh, Max, no, I'm not. no, I'm good, yeah. Villa fans love a moan, don't we? So, no, nah, it's not going to be all moaning, but no, it's good to be on to discuss uh, important matters. And, and Simon, your Clark and Blue podcast debut, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good yeah. Thanks for having me on. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a really important matter to to discuss it affects all of our experiences going down to Villa Park so yeah thanks for having me on so we're we're going to discuss whatever today we've got a bit of a structure in terms of we've got fan comments to go at but it's you know hospitality problems it's ticket prices it's kits it's the crest it's whatever you know I want this discussion to go wherever you guys want to take it so we'll start with the argument that I'll get on social media a little bit when we bring these kind of things up in other shows that we do where people kind of say that do you accept the fact that if you're paying a higher price in terms of the ticket prices, in return you get a higher product or a better product, that the football is now good, so you should have to pay more for that? Does that argument kind of wash with any of you? Like, I don't know, I don't want to speak for everyone here, but the product that I go for is Aston Villa as a whole, not necessarily mm-hmm. Aston Villa on the pitch, because that's such a, a variable. You know, you can get four injuries, be rubbish, finish 15th. Does the price go down next season? I don't think it does. It probably carries on. I'm going up. Um, the product, the product I pay for as a customer is going with my family and being part of that larger community, being something part of something bigger. I think is the point. Um, I don't. I, I think it's an easy correlation to make and a really easy common sense argument to put up that you want Champions League at Championship prices or, or whatever. I think it's a really silly line. But you know, we. I don't think that that's the case. I think you pay for being part of Aston Villa and being the match day ritual. The football isn't secondary at all, but it's just part of something bigger. I, I, you know, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I, I think it's a really easy thing to say for people. I think for them to say that um, you have to pay 
top money because we're doing well. I think it's a really, really easy argument for someone for someone to say, which which to me doesn't make much sense. I mean, you look at other leagues around the world. You look, you look at like the Bundesliga, for instance, how much fat fans pay over there, and it's it's very, very different to what they pay over here, and yet. No, no, no one talks about the, the the sort of success that Dortmund or, or or Bayern Munich have in relation to how much they should charge supporters. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's a quite a lazy sort of statement to make, if, if if I'm being honest. I think it's from a, a business point of view, isn't it? When these these organisations, these football clubs, are sort of capitalising on all these cliches of the Premier League being the biggest league in the world and it having the most eyes on it, and it's been a, a worldwide watched league, they're sort of capitalising on that. I think we spoke about it in our podcast, didn't we, Si, where we're not fans in the club's eyes, we're just numbers. And if you don't go, you'll be replaced. Like they mm-hmm. they don't care from a business point of view. If I don't go to if I don't renew my season ticket next year, they don't care because someone else will jump at the opportunity. So yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah, and I think when the Premier League has the biggest TV broadcasting deal, you would expect that maybe the fans get an easier ride. The Bund- the Bundesliga's deal is nowhere near as, as lucrative as uh, the Premier League's, but is it Union Berlin? now in the Champions League and they're offering free tickets in some instances so yeah. you know, ticket revenue is not funding the club it's not bankrolling the club and the argument that I had put to me by supporters the last time we mentioned this was you know I kind of said you know Villa charging more for tickets doesn't enable Villa to go and spend 50 million on transfers because it, it doesn't work like that it's probably two separate pots of cash anyway but the argument I got back to that was it helps pay the stewards or the tea lady it's like we're talking about a multi-million pound business here Ticket prices shouldn't be paying the tea lady, etc. My argument with this has always been, why can't Villa be different? And I get that they're not, and we're part of this almost ruthless industry, I guess, of make as much money as you can, as quick as you can, for obvious reasons with FFP and all those things that we'll get into. But why, when we get a, a, you know, a league table of season ticket prices or kit prices where we kind of go, oh, Villa are about halfway, that's, that's fair enough. Why can't we be bottom of those? Why can't we have the cheapest season ticket in the Premier League? Why can't we have the cheapest home replica shirt in the Premier League? Just to make a few extra quid? I don't really get it. I think I, I think that takes a brave club to be able to make that step to do that though, isn't it? I think there's a mm. I think every, every every club at the moment is just doing what every other other club is doing. I mean, when you look at what Villa's sort of statement was when they put the season ticket prices up again this season, they took away the free cup game. Their explanation to that was well, we're taking it away for free because no other team no, give it away for free. And it's like, well, that's not a, it's not a selling point tell, telling yeah. us we can't have it for free because no one else does. Um, and so I think it's very much the status quo in the Premier League. I think it's going to take a, a brave club, a, a, a brave organisation to be able to say, right, we're going to do things differently. Um, and I think if someone did do that, I think maybe the dominoes might fall and it, and, and, and it might change. But... It's it's just unlikely, isn't it? It's, it's because these clubs are sort of money money driven. We all know that. And I think what you just said, Max. I said, I think we said on our podcast the other day that I don't think I don't think us as an individual is massively important to the club. I think as a collective, the supporters are still are still important. Um, mm. And I and I think the club would say that, but us individually aren't. We're just a number. And as Matt said, if 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 I decided or or or, or, or any of us decided tomorrow. And, not to go. I don't think the club would be that bothered. I mean, you mentioned about like it takes a brave club to do things differently. And that was Villa 10, 15 years ago for going the shirt sponsorship and putting acorns on the front. And I'm not saying that Villa should waive all sponsorship deals in the future or make season tickets free because obviously that's not conducive to, to running a good business. But you know, that cup game against Everton was the perfect example, wasn't it? Why make that £35? Make it 20 and you'd have got more than 
24,000 or whatever the attendance was and possibly a better atmosphere and possibly you beat Everton. I know there's a few if buts and maybes there, but the club should be nicer to the fans. Maybe I've kind of lived in a bit of a dream world with that stance. Again, it's like that European like attitude compared to like an English attitude. Um, I feel like in Europe, that very much the, the goal would be revenue is very important, yeah, but filling the stadium is just as important because that, in a sense, maximises that revenue. Um, whereas here, I think it's more pull it out at that point, see who turns up. It's a little experiment. What happens, happens. If we go out the cup, we go out the cup. But again, the argument about match day revenue, um, the ticket price has increased, but we've also got like three extra home games this season and then some TV money com- coming from Conference League. If you go all the way in the Conference League and win it, 20 million extra all in, which is 4 million more than Villa's match day revenue in um, 21-22, where the last accounts ran up to. So to me, increasing ticket prices when you are getting more revenue in as a club, it, it's a hard argument to kind of back up, you know, especially when with the, the lingo that was used. If I go back to it, it says the club are acutely aware of how everybody is experiencing the, co- the effects of the cost of living and inflation increases. However, the club itself is not immune to those economic pressures. And what did make me laugh in that is that the club is more immune to those economic pressures than its fans. Brentford said, we are mindful that the cost of living crisis is biting hard for people. Ensuring that football remains affordable and accessible is really important for us and our fans. And I think just in those two phrases between two different clubs, arguably one ahead in the same direction, whereas Villa are way ahead in their process. It's it's the wording for me, ensuring that football remains affordable and accessible. Whereas Villas is, we're not immune. Sorry, you got you got to put your hand in your pocket. And Villa fans have been. You know, Max doesn't go to games for free. Simon doesn't go to games for free. The train for Max isn't free. The car for you, Dan, isn't free. The plane to Poznan and the trains to Warsaw weren't free. We've all been paying. So I, I really don't. I find it really patronising when people make arguments against season ticket holders and loyal fans. You know, you've got to put your money in your hand, in your pocket. We have been for decades. I think it's really patronising as well when they use the argument of you need to put your hand in your pocket to back the manager. I think we're not stupid. We know where the majority of money comes from. You look at these these new TV deals. There's there's one came out on in the news this week about talking about putting games on Sunday half six. I mean, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to to tell from that that they don't care about the match going fans or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that argument of you need it to back the manager, I think I think is a disgrace. I think if you do, you do the maths and it's sort of what thirty thousand season ticket holders if each of their season ticket goes up a hundred quid, for example, one season. That's that. That's three million quid. And you talk about how much money we spent on hiring Steven Gerrard, sacking Steven Gerrard, sacking his backroom staff, all the dodgy signings that we've made over the last couple of years, Sanson, Coutinho, people's massive wages that they shouldn't really be on. I think it's a bit, it is patronising and it's, it's treating us a little bit as if we're a bit stupid and can't can't see things, which is annoying. And, and, and I think for me, clubs live beyond their means though as well. They, they're, they're not, they're not, clubs aren't responsible enough. They spend too much money on 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 rubbish let's be honest as you just said Max some of some of the, some of the transfers that we've made over, over the last few years some of the big wages we've given out to the likes of Coutinho etc club clubs are live, living beyond their means are spending too much money and essentially then it's coming back to hit the hit the regular in the pocket but I think if we go back to talking talk about like the attendance at the Everton game and I think that's a prime example of 
I think clubs are quite arrogant. I think clubs think that we'll set the ticket prices at whatever we want. And we'll still we'll, we'll 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 still fill Villa Park. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what we charge. We will get fans in there. And I kind of feel like the attendance at the Everton game will ho- ho- hopefully wake a few people up to think we can't be charging that in in, in the third round of the League Cup when we've. When, when we previously offered those tickets for free, they can't do that. And I, and I think when you look at the Everton game as well, it, it, it was, I think you need to take it into isolation. It was that we were playing a team we'd only played a few weeks ago, a team who are struggling in the Premier League. It's a bit, it's a bit of a boring fixture. It's not it's not one that's going to whet the appetite. And I think they got it massively wrong and and, and, and it showed in the gate, um, you know, on, 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 on the gate in the end. I mean, they didn't even announce it, did they? Which, which, which says it all. And, and, and obviously, we found out it was only like twenty three thousand um, after. Which, to be honest with you, was even worse than I was expecting. I was expecting like a low sort of thirty crowd for that game. Um, hmm. So, so for it to be twenty two, twenty three thousand, whatever it was, was 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 a real eye opener for Villa and just something that I hope they take into account in the future. I think you need to take every game in isolation, and I don't, I don't think they did for that one. And something we've discussed before, 23,000 at 35 quid, or you know, 32 quid as an average or whatever it would be, versus 38, 40,000 at 20 quid. Quick maths on the top of my head, you'd earn more from a bigger crowd, wouldn't you, even though it's a lesser ticket? And you've got more bodies in the stadium to spend on food or hospitality offerings or, or whatever else. So, yeah, massive own goal, that Everton one, and hopefully that, that you know raises a few eyebrows, but the cynical side of me suggests that it probably wouldn't. We talk a lot about like the, the rise in season ticket prices over the years, and I know we've kind of spoken about this, and well, we've wanted to do this podcast for ages, haven't we? And we've been chatting in a, in a group chat for uh, a week or so now about various things we wanted to bring up. And, you know, tickets rise, don't they? That's the nature of the sport basically whether you agree with it or not um but when we get like the, the statement you read out earlier james about you know whatever the wording that would have been about you know the season tickets are only going up five percent or, or whatever it would have been you take away that cup game and then if you add that back in at 35 quid you take away the Holt suite access that was free which is obviously a big talking point that we'll get on to if you want to go in there every week now at 60 quid a pop if you add all that back on your season ticket has gone up by more than five percent you know the thing with the the lower grounds is I, I feel personally, whatever it, it, it could be very funny. It's not free to offer food or offer drinks out for free, but you are paying for that. And I think the the map on it, and I know I think they've made the kids free now, but before they was charging for a kid, so you're looking at ninety plus pounds for yourself and a child. It it may be okay if you head down on your own, but ensuring that you consume enough alcohol and food for that to be worth it. And ensuring your child consumes like twenty uh, Pepsi Maxes or Coke Zeros to um, to to recoup that cost. I don't know, and I, I know they've made the argument that Holt pubs there down the road. You know, you don't have to go to the Holt Suite. The Holt Suite is just a, a bolt-on for season ticket holders or another way for a fan to get a ticket with those blocks of empty seats that we saw that clearly worked brilliantly for the first game. Again, it's it's a it's a bit of a struggle. To see, you know, that concourse being being te- torn up, the lesser facilities in the upper and lower halt because of the two moves they've made, seems a lot to to chuck onto fans at once. I I kind of don't disagree with any of these things in in isolation, but with the fuller context, I feel like why wasn't the experience for all fans made better before you were shepherded mm-hmm. into hospitality options? Because we did, we all did the survey, we all saw the survey and what we were asking for. And what we kind of thought was we would get these tiered seating options in our concourses, we'd get better facilities, we'd get better TV screens, we'd get 
a better experience or maybe the experience we were paying for anyway. But now it's a extra bolt on with our facilities limited. And I find that hard to kind of stomach because, again, the easy argument that we've all heard is you just go for football, but you, you don't. You want to be able to use the toilet. You want to be able to buy a drink. This is a football experience, high point program. And if you make it easier for fans to spend their money, they will. The only way you can use those facilities, and I don't know if you guys agree, is to go down early and you get straight in and that's it. Otherwise, you're queuing for the entirety of your break. My season ticket went up. Um, last season, it was 677. This season, it's 779. And James talked about the survey there that we did. And I think that survey was absolute nonsense. I think obviously they knew what they were going to do before any of the results came in from that survey. That's absolute nonsense. And when I went to the first home game this season against Everton, I was shocked that I had way more than less of half of the facilities that I had before. I sit in the upper hole and you sort of, it's quite wide. There's two tiers of the upper hole, obviously, and I'm in the, you can go in the lower bit and there's quite a few places to go. As soon as I went through that turnstile, the whole of the left-hand side was blocked off. And that's a, a huge open area with a few more bars. You can go up another set of steps to get to your seat. That was completely blocked off. There was dust all over the floor. There was uh, exposed brick. There was wires hanging down. And I just think first game this season, it's it's not a great look, is it? And there's there's someone on the door guarding it. And you can see, you can just about peer inside. She was like, uh, oh, you can have a look inside if you want. And I was like, oh. it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just not a great look. And yeah, go, going in, I mean, a couple of home games later, obviously, they'd, they'd sort of polished it up a little bit. But it's just half of the whole concourse space has been shut off to the, to the average fan like myself who's paying, what, 10% more for a season ticket. I think we didn't want the world in the concourse. We didn't want what, what you're seeing at Tottenham. You're not, you're not really going to see that. I just think, just update it a little bit. I think it's mm. a little bit of a mess, um, to be honest. And there's no hot water in the toilets. And it's just little things like that, isn't it? And you, unless you go in about an hour before kickoff, you, you ain't got a chance of getting even a drink or anything like that. At half time, it's not even not even worth it at all. I think it comes to training the staff, putting more staff on. It's just every, all mm. these little things. If you add them up, it creates a much better experience. And we're not getting that for, for vastly increased prices. And it's the same for me in the North Stand. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's a little bit different because we know that you're not going to get the lap of luxury in the North Stand. It's a stand that's going to be demolished at the end of the season. So I don't expect to have sort of luxury facilities in the North Stand. But I mean, the fact was that my season ticket this season went up by 200 quid in the North Stand because they they, they, they changed the price zones because they, they say that the view is um, on par with, with the view from the middle of the upper hole turn, which it is, but the facilities that you get are, are nowhere near as good. And I think, as, as James uh, mentioned, if you if you want to go to the toilet comfortably, if you want to get a drink comfortably, you need to be in the ground a good hour before kickoff. I mean, my match day experience at Villa Park is only good because, A, I don't buy anything, and B, because I don't go to the toilet, which sounds absolutely crazy, doesn't it? Um, but that is literally my match day experience. I, I choose not to do those things because I know it will cause sort of chaos at half time mm. if I if, if I try and do it. I think I think to add a little bit of balance to it in terms of season ticket prices, um I think I think we've already mentioned that the club are gonna follow what, what all the other Premier League clubs are doing. They're not going to do anything differently. And I think and I think we've kind of got to accept that however however right or wrong that is. I think in terms of season ticket prices, obviously the club were a little bit unique in the fact that 
they couldn't put prices up for probably a good decade because obviously of our relegation to the championship, we, we couldn't have put prices up in the championship. And then once they've been able to, it's sort of hit very quickly. It's like sort of thing. We've had a, what, like a, a lot of people have had a 40, 50% rise and people have had a, a hundred or even more than that percent rise over the last couple of years. And so it's felt very dramatic all of a sudden. And I think that mm-hmm. if the club were, were able to have done that over, over a 10 year period, like a lot of other clubs, it would have felt more palatable for people. Um, I, I I don't I don't I don't like seeing ticket prices going up. I don't like paying an extra two hundred quid this season. Um, but I kind I kind of get that more so than than poor facilities, poor offerings that that we are getting. Um, I think you know the club are going to want to try and stay sort of in that same sort of bracket as the other Premier League clubs. I'd love them to do something differently. I'd love them to offer my season for fifty quid, but we know it's we know we know it's not going to happen. But yeah, I just I just think um, I, I just think that decade period I think made it made it difficult for Villa and that probably added fuel to the fire a little bit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a so like we said at the start as well, I'm aware that we've been, I don't know how long this video is, but I've said I didn't want to edit it too much. We've been recording for 21 minutes at this point and it is majority negative because the on the pitch stuff is very positive and I want to park that to one side. I think my season ticket went up 80 quid or something this year off the top of my head, which yeah, like you Simon, I don't want to pay that, but if we'd have finished fourth... I'd quickly forget that 90 quid because I think, well, I am seeing good football there. The reverse of that is choosing not to eat or drink in the stadium and not use the toilet. The basic human right to be able to have a piss at the football. Like, you shouldn't have to think, oh, I don't really want to do that. Um, and that's not on, is it? And that should be better. And again, we'll get to some fan comments in a bit, but the argument of like, well, there's the terrace view now and the lower grounds and the hospitality is all really good. You shouldn't have to pay extra to get those basic rights, the whole stadium should have been improved. Now, I'll take the point that the North Stand's about to be knocked down, so you don't you know, spend a fortune on it, but it should, it should be better than it is from the experience you've shared there. No, absolutely, you're right. And I mean, I just just a thought, I mean, like last, what go with the Crystal Palace game, I mean, I, I got to the ground well over an hour before the before the game started, and um, I don't usually buy anything, but it was quite a warm day. I thought I'd, 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 I'd go and buy a drink, and so we ordered three Coke Zeros at the price of what just under a tenner or something, um, and then I ended up being given they weren't even they weren't even like room temperature; they were like hot Coke Zeros. It was bizarre, and and the, and after I paid, the woman said, "Oh yeah, by the way, the um, the, the the fridge isn't working properly," um, which kind of you know over an hour before the game and. You kind of expect to get a cold drink you know, before the game. It's 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 just mad, isn't it? You, you, and, and like I say, you're paying two hundred pound extra this season. It's not like it's not like twenty quid, thirty quid, two hundred pound extra to get and a, a, probably a worse experience than what I was getting last year. Mm. And like we say, what you just said there, the North Stand's been pulled down at the end of the season, and so they're not going to invest massive amounts of money in it. I, I get it, um, but you should be able to expect to. Yeah, be able to get a cold drink or be able, or be able to get to the toilet sort of safely at, at, at half time. I think in the North Stand as well, um, it is a safety issue as well. Though, like, you, if you go mm. down just before kickoff or at half time, 
Um, and there's fans sort of lining the stairs, which are the, are, are the emergency exit stairs, the only way to get out of the North Stand Upper. Um, and because there's not enough room up there, people are sort of congregating on, on the stairs, which, again, is a massive, massive sort of safety issue. So, look, I, underst- I understand it. The North, the North Stand is going, and so a lot of, a lot of these issues won't be there. But I do find it odd for the final season of the, Trini- of the, sorry, of the North Stand that they put prices up by... Well, 200 quid in my area, I found that really, really strange. Max, what would your response be to like the crowd of, oh, you're just moaning, let's just you know get over it, you're there for the football, that kind of argument? And I'll preface that by, you know, you go to every game, you go to every away game, you spend a fortune to do so. And that doesn't make your opinion more you know weighty than others. But what would your response be to, oh, guys, come on, let's stop moaning about it? I think it's because we, we just spend so much money on it, don't we? Like, we, we love the villa. We all love the villa and we're going to go... What, what, whatever the obviously financial well being, whatever, as long as we can afford it, we're going to go. So, I, I just think you're allowed to want the best, aren't you? You're allowed to want the best just because we're so good on, on the pitch doesn't mean you, you can sort of sacrifice other things like not being able to go to the toilet or be able to get a drink on a hot day. You should still mm-hmm. be able to get that. And I think th- we can do it though. The facilities are there. I just think we're sort of not not doing it we can do it we've seen the space in the whole end in, in the in the upper hall where i sit there's space there you can sort of we can all see how they could do it and that's why they sent out the survey and that's why i put down my thoughts everybody else who sits up there put down their thoughts and there was probably a lot of good ideas in there the club just didn't choose to do it and i understand look everyone they, they have to have hospitality in there to catch up with other clubs and the point what the simon made about having to catch up because we were in the championship is a good point we do have to catch up and it's it's going to be more obvious um to, to aston villa fans that we are doing that because it's happening over a quicker period of time but i just mm. think you're allowed to want the best at your club there's a lot of kind of discourse about like oh is this chris heck coming in and making changes or was it perslo is it his old regime and you know obviously we're not we don't know that for sure either way so i'm not gonna kind of pin blame on either I feel that maybe the club has got a little bit lucky, for want of a better word, that we are good on the pitch because a lot of people will just put the the complaints to one side and think, well, Emery's quite good and so are the players, so I'll put all the other stuff to one side because it doesn't really matter. This terrace view stuff, the low grounds, whatever else, that could have been sorted 12, 18 months ago in the works to come in when Villa weren't doing very well and it's just kind of coincided that Emery came in and did very well. So that's kind of got them out of a hole a little bit. Because I think if we still had Gerard here, for example, and we were 16th, you'd see a lot more negativity about exactly the same hospitality offerings. But I think because we're good on the pitch, like I said, some fans will kind of put their frustration to side to, to one side a little bit. Yeah, I think, it, again, it's an easy argument to make that you're good on the pitch, you pay more. There's got to be another way because most clubs, fans, match-going fans, or people involved in support trusts are unhappy with ticketing processes and ticketing prices, just to go to like an allocation thing. Um, I think yesterday, Manchester United fans were struggling to buy tickets or they would face punishment to pass on their ticket. Then there's Galatasaray fans in the home end. It's the same with Villa, those Hibs fans in the home end. Sitting next to one, I couldn't get my girlfriend a ticket because she had no booking history. Lo and behold, I'm sitting next to a Hibs fan who's happy enough to get his phone out and check the scores and he's got a Hibs phone background. And it's like, these things are really easy to do. The comfort you expect, you know, you don't expect away fans in the whole end, but lo and behold, there was for a game, probably is for a few other games, to be honest. It's not just a Villa issue. You, We we are kind of blinker to think it's a Villa issue, but it is happening at other clubs. Tottenham fans, I think they had a protest that fell on its knees because the trust, I don't think, turned up to it, which is a bit annoying. But other fans around the Premier League are feeling these effects and are talking about it, so... 
maybe if you're someone who thinks you know you want to reduce this argument to moaning or griping about Villa, just look around and see what other fans are saying about ticket prices because I don't think the majority are happy either. I think if Villa was struggling at the moment, I think there'd be a lot more people talking about it, which which, which is a problem in itself. I do think that's a problem in itself. It shows that people know it's a, a problem, but like I say, they're, they're, they are happy to sort of forget about it just because we're doing sort of well on the field. But we all know how... how Football so fickle, though. You know, like this season, we can be doing so well. What happens next season if we all of a sudden we're we're battling against relegation next season? What what happens then? Does the terrace view and the and the lower ground suddenly become half price, or, or be, you know, it, it won't, will it? And that mm. and that's the thing. I, don't, I I just don't think it's a very very valid argument. I think corporate areas, every Premier League club needs to have them. They are important to 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 football clubs, and I, and I think I'd, I've got no issue with them. I've got no issue with hospitality areas. Um, but I have got an issue with hospitality areas when when you when you're taking away basic sort of facilities for for for, for, for match going yeah. supporters. I, I don't I don't I don't think it should be um, you know a a, a a one size fits all. I think we we're all entitled whether you're corporate or whether you're not. I think we're all entitled to, to sort of sort of decent for, 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 for facilities. Yeah, and no, I'm slightly worried because I think this podcast will garner us a little bit of stick because we've just beaten Brighton 6-1. We're on the verge of playing our first European group stage game at Villa Park. But like you said, Simon, it's an important matter. We can't just brush issues aside because we're pretty good at football most of the time. These issues will remain and you're very right You're very right to bring up that if they aren't very good next season, these issues will still be here. Now, we said about the League Cup fixture. What happens if we had to beat Everton and got Exeter at home in the fourth round? Is it still 35 quid or is it a lesser free because it's a lesser club? Like, once you start setting these precedents, it's hard to to reverse them. Now, I'm going to go to some fan messages that I had. I asked for these on Twitter and had absolutely loads of direct messages, too many to read. And the ones that I have picked out, I've had to shorten down because we'll, honestly, we'll be here for another couple of hours when we're just reading them out and I want to react to each one. Some of them are about the crest that we've not got into yet. And there's more detail on the terrace view, lower grounds, kit issues, whatever else. I'm going to start with a positive one, in fact, in support of um, some of these issues from Kevin. He says, in terms of off the pitch, I really think Villa fans have been needlessly over the top in terms of negative comments. Of course, not everything has gone right. That said, I couldn't have dreamed five years ago when we were toiling in the championship of where we are now. If you told me prices would rise in order to help facilitate this at the time, I'd definitely have taken it. We are fabulous owners and the only way we can grow is to eke out as much income as possible for FFP reasons. They're only doing what they need to do. I, I, don't, I don't like the argument of, oh, well, we were here five years ago, so we can't possibly have or want the best now. I, I, I don't understand that. And I think it comes, I always talk about communication and, and where it comes to from communication from the club. It's it's completely lacking. And I think that the lower grounds thing was was really poor because I saw... I can't remember what home game it was, but maybe the, the second, was it Crystal Palace, whatever it was at home. People are asking on Twitter, AVFC support, sort of, can we go in the Holt suite at the weekend? What's the deal? And they just come back with, um, oh no, it's closed for the foreseeable. They know full well what's going on. And again, communication with me, I sit in a seat that when I got um, the, the email back in June talking about renewing my season ticket, it was like, okay, you're in a safe standing seat. We're going to give you this window to move if you want to, if you don't want to sit in a safe standing seat. I thought, great, I like safe standing. That'll be great. I'll stand up there anyway, tackling the persistent standing issue. That'll be fantastic. And then I'll go to Everton at home ex- expecting a, a safe standing seat. Nowhere to be seen. No email saying, oh, it's not happening. It's happening then. It's happening this time whatever just nothing so it's like 
what's going on then? Are we having safe standing? Are we not? It's just a communication issue. And I think there's a, a massive barrier there and it could be, it could be easy. And again, I think, I wouldn't say that. Well, they're sort of taking us for mugs a little bit. The picture that uh, Villa tweeted in the week about this is what the, the lower grounds look like before. And it's a, a, a ripped up picture of the, the Holt suite. It's like, well, it didn't look like that last season when fans were being allowed to go in there for free. You, you've purposely made that look like that. You've taken TVs from there, put them in the terrace view to make it look worse. It's like, I don't know. I think I think it's it's a communication thing that's that's really lacking and it's not good. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I think it was the one thing I was going to say was that... Um, for instance, there was a fan consultation group before the Crystal Palace game a couple of weeks ago, um, which then didn't turn into a proper fan consultation group. It was basically the club presenting to to to, to the group what, what was going on. So there wasn't any time for any questions. And so there was a follow-up meeting last Thursday um, online, I believe. And yet, from these two meetings, we're now, where are we? We're now, we're now the following week. We're now almost a week on from the second meeting. And we still haven't had any, any minutes come out from from the meeting whatsoever. I know the club have to have to have to approve those minutes for them to come out. But I just think as again as a supporter, these these are sort of hotly talked about topics that people want information on. People want answers from the from the club. Um and yet like I say, it's, it's this constant delay in communication. How how difficult is it to put some minutes together from a meeting and fire them out to to the groups. So I, I don't think it's that difficult. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think you're right, Max, because I think there was one point from from the apparently from the consultation group meeting, uh, which was talking about those, those rail seats in the in the upper halt end. Um, and I think the club were trying to say, well, we never said they were going to be done over the summer. We said they were going to be done sometime during the season. Um, and it's like. You, I don't. You didn't say that. Though. You 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 said they would be done over the summer, and yet again, a breakdown in communication means that fans fans don't know. And yeah, this whole thing about the secrecy about the whole suite is 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 absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand why you just can't can't tell supporters. So communication is a big thing, and I think the club needs to whichever way they're going to do, they're going to make unpopular decisions. We understand that, but they've got to communicate it effectively. And at the moment, they're not doing that. Can you offer anything, James, in support of Kevin's point that the owners are just doing what they have to do? No, I think I think there is a valid point that with Villa's position, with their stadium size, with whatever, they do need to eke out as much income as possible for FFP reasons. That is 100% correct. The problem is match day revenue in terms of FFP, it's going to help. Absolutely no doubt it's going to help. What helps more is better spending player trading and TV revenue and prize money are going to be your three biggest levers you can pull. Again, match day revenue is another lever you can pull. One of them affects fan feeling, fan attitude, fan culture and atmosphere. The other three are decisions that you're making. <laughs> I mean, to go for a br the brutal example brought up, the director's payments, you know, you can see in the accounts what directors are paid at Aston Villa. The deal to bring in Philip Coutinho, whatever impact that had on bringing Diego Carlos in or letting Douglas Luiz sign a new contract, whatever. Morgan Sanson, Steven Gerrard, the, you know, these things were not cheap at all. In fact, I think Gerrard alone wipes out a year of match day revenue. Add Coutinho and Sanson on, probably wipes out another year of TV revenue for being as brutal as that. You know, Villa have high costs when it comes to buying players. But, you know, if they want to unlock more FFP purchasing room, the easiest way to do that is player trading. I think you look at our biggest sale, Jack Grealish. Did we make the most of that opportunity? Arguably not. Not at all. You know, you have to make better decisions. 
with that you, you know we we don't have the new stadium like Tottenham or even even if you want to put Arsenal in that barrier it's sort of, I think it's over t- nearly 20 years old now but if you want to put Arsenal in that barrier you know those te- teams make money on match days because of the facilities they have on offer with Villa if you want to make more match day revenue you're squeezing people who are already being squeezed you know you're not going to get necessarily a Kim Kardashian turn up at Villa Park like she did at the Emirates you know, are you going to get these high rollers in the Trinity stand Personally, right now, due to the facilities, I don't think so. When fans see match day revenue, they immediately think ticket prices, ticket prices, ticket prices. What about the hospitality offering? The hospitality offerings we have at the moment, A, I can't afford because they are, you know, the genuine hospitality mm. offerings, or B, I don't want to because it's simply given a lanyard and stuck in a room I was in already. But now it's more, it's fancier and what we did in the survey. Again, the FFP thing is absolutely fine. I think there's better ways to do that, Dan. Is there then an argument, again, just to play devil's advocate here, because I've picked about, I don't know, 12, 13 comments, and most of them are, this isn't right, I don't like this. But a few are, oh, I am in support of this, and this is one of them. Is the argument then that, yes, Villa will make poor footballing decisions, but maybe we will get better standards as fans in terms of um, improvements done in concourses or whatever, or lower ticket prices. But instead of making a I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? At the time when they signed to somebody like Morgan Sanson, they obviously thought it was going to work. They didn't sign him knowing it was going to not work. So that kind of mitigates some of the blame. So the flip side then, they have to sell somebody to help with those funds that maybe we do get a better standard of the concourse, but we lose Douglas Louise for £70 million. Is that then the trade-off? As as a Villa fan, you know, you had the argument we were a selling club with the whole Milner, Downing, Young, whatever, Grealish, whatever, Benteke, Dalf. That's something you thrive and own on. You know, Brighton lost a few key, have lost a number of key players who yeah. arguably until Douglas Louise's rise were more important to that club than Douglas Louise was necessarily to Aston Villa. I think that's a position that where where Villa are you have to own if a club comes in, a bigger club comes in and buys a player. That's a position you have to own and thrive in because that's how you make an impact in financial fair play not squeezing a lever and going, we need an extra three million quid from fans at a push. Um, you, you can make so much more than that with the assets that I have. You know, that with the base player scouting is, with the, the, the data teams have available, there isn't just one Douglas Louise just knocking around in the world. There wasn't one McAllister knocking around. You know, Brighton have done it. Brentford have done it. Don't see why Aston Villa can't do it at all. I mean, the only problem to it is, is that, as football fans, I suppose, we'd, we'd be levelled at us that we, we've always got something to moan about kind of thing. And I suppose if Villa, for instance, if Villa did tell Douglas Louise sort of, sort of tomorrow, um, I think there'd be a lot of uh, a lot of negativity towards the owners talking about the the, the ambition yeah. of the club and where, where is this club going if you are selling your best players. And So it is trickier. It is really difficult. I, I, I understand I understand what you're saying. Um, and, and clubs who, who trade well end up and, and end up, end up prospering sort of thing and Brighton one really really good example of that but there are pockets of supporters I would have been, I think a large proportion of supporters who would sort of sort of question where the club are going or the ambition of the club if we did turn around and say um Louise was going tomorrow or or Ollie Watkins was going tomorrow for instance and so yeah I think I think that's the difficulty I think the club are probably in a little bit of a difficult position on 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 that front if I'm being honest I think it'll be slightly naive to think we're never going to sell any of our big players because it's unrealistic. It is unrealistic. You can't spend, what, 
80 million every summer without eventually selling one of your big boys to sort of balance the books i think we i think we we spoke about it simon and we were saying we were slightly fortunate not to lose anyone this window but if if you talk about next summer if you do lose a kamara louise martinez when he's his stocks at his highest and it's only potentially going to go down because of his age i think it's unrealistic to, to bury your head in the sand and say we're never going to sell any of these players they're going to stay at Villa forever I think you are every couple of years going to have to sell one at one of your big players just to, just to balance it out and that's that's what we're going to have to deal with if you do want these nice things so yeah unrealistic to, to say we're going to keep our best players but hopefully it doesn't happen anytime soon uh, anyway I suppose, I suppose I suppose though that it's, it's Villa, Villa fans having seen see big players sold before and then not investing well like like, like, like James said earlier when we sold really we 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 we've seen that didn't work well. We didn't invest well, and so maybe there's the fear of that though from sports as well mm. that we haven't been. I suppose we haven't been apart from Greenwich. We haven't been used to losing sort of big players over the last few years, and I think there is that fear of well, you lose a Luis, and who who do you replace him with, or you lose a Martinez, and I suppose it shouldn't it shouldn't be like that. That fear shouldn't be there, but it is because that's happened in the past, and we haven't invested wisely. I suppose if that wasn't there, the argument would be yeah, it's fine. We'll sell Luis or a Watkins. I mean, and it wouldn't have too much too much of an impact, but yeah. I think I think I think we're probably thinking about past experiences and and, and and them not being so good. We're going to move on to a different comment then. Uh, this is from Mark, and I'm going to come to you for this one, Max, really, because it's about the ticketing systems. Uh, it's about home tickets, but we'll, we'll talk about away a little bit as well. He says, my main gripe is still with the ticketing system. Teams like Liverpool and Man United have fantastic systems in place where it's easy to transfer your season ticket to another registered supporter for a game if you can't go. They make it easy to upgrade a child's ticket to an adult ticket if it's a night game and it's too late for the kids, for example. You can't really do any of this online as a Villa fan. Now, things I've heard about transferring your tickets to a fan ID, if somebody already has a fan ID, is semi-straightforward. I think you can do it on Twitter, on the Villa Support um, Twitter account, and you just say, I can't go, I want to transfer my ticket to somebody else, and it's fairly straightforward, I think. Just a, a kind of general overview, Max, on tickets and the experience of booking them and, and waiting for you know, the various tiers of how many ways you've had and all those things. What is it like <clears throat> booking tickets week in, week out for Villa? I think there's a lot of talk about uh, how hard it is to get away tickets. And I understand that it is like there's only 3,000 people who can go week in, week out to go and watch a, a top six Villa. Like it's not going to be like it is in the past where you can just turn up. Um, I think the whole... The whole argument of it's it's a closed shop is, to an extent, it is. You have got to put in the hard yards and, and be on the dot at five o'clock if you if you want a Wolves away ticket. And I think a lot of games this this season or last season away games did go to season tick holders. They did, yeah, they sold out in three minutes. But it's not realistic to just wander onto the website a couple of hours later and oh, there's a ticket. I think you've got to put in the hard yards and be there at five o'clock. That's what we do. That's what we do every week when it comes to away tickets. Who's buying them? Let's be there at five o'clock. Just get it sorted. I think if it, it can build up, I think Simon, you can answer this one. But when you when we got promoted, you didn't have a, a great history, and you you do start to build it up. You do Norwich away on a Tuesday, you do Newcastle away. If you do do the far ones, and it starts to build up, you can do the the, the better ones. A Forest away, which is easier to get to a Wolves away, for example. 
Um, and I think I was speaking to, to someone about how how Newcastle do it, and that is slightly different. I think a lot of clubs do it on a point system. So, for example, mm. Newcastle do it in terms of if you do a really far one. So, for them, a Southampton away, you get a lot more points than if you did um, a Leeds away, which is a little bit closer. So, again, if you put in the hard yards, you do get rewarded for that. And that's a sort of slightly different thing in, in a point system. I think there has been murmurings about Villa going towards a, a point system rather than how it is at the moment where it goes for league games, 19 away games the previous season, you get top priority, then 15, 11, whatever it is. Um, but I think if you do want to go to away games, it, it is possible. It's not a complete closed shop. I just think you've got to to be sharp on it and, and be there when when they go on sale at five o'clock and just be wary of what you have to do. Yeah, no, exactly, and that's exactly what I did when we got promoted. We, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a very good record. Well, I didn't have a record at all. It obviously the season to get hold of category when we got promoted, and uh, that season I was able to build it up to a point where I'm in the top category now. And I think with that, you have to accept there's going to be a, you're not going to get exactly what you want. You're going to have to just pick single seats. So I think you'll have onto the website at five o'clock and you have to be really quick and just pick a, a random seat that's available. You can't take your time because if you do, it, it sells out and you have to you have to buy tickets for the really sort of unfashionable games. Like you said, Matt's the Norwich on the Tuesday night and it's not the sort of pick and choose sort of things that you can do. Um, but it can be done. I'm not saying it's not hard. It is difficult and maybe you have to be pretty savvy with technology. I mean, you know, like you do log onto the website at five o'clock and if there's only 30 tickets available to see holders which sometimes happens and you're not you're not quick or you're not good on technology then you know you you, you, you probably won't won't get the chance of having a ticket and that is tough for people i do understand it. i do understand the frustrations of it and i think the frustrations of when people pass tickets along to their mates and stuff like that i, I do understand it. It, it it makes it more difficult for um for other people to to, to get tickets but i think what you said a point system seems to be a fairly fair way that other clubs use and like like you said max has been murmuring that villa are moving towards that so um but yeah it it is tough and i do have sympathy for people Next up is from the avvillafan.com blog. He says, I have no issue with the club creating corporate areas at Villa Park. What I do dislike is that they seem to have done it by taking away from the average loyal fan. Queues and services on the concourses are embarrassing for a Premier League club. The concourses are filthy. Toilets are flooding on a game-by-game basis. Fans tend to go down 30 minutes into the game if they want food or drink. This is not acceptable. On top of that, the ring fencing of seats for corporate areas. Surely, if corporate areas are unsold by a set time before the game, then these seats should go to general sale. Small things like this are letting the club down. If you want to be a big club, you need to learn to act like one. One hundred percent. Can't you know? It's everything we've brought up in the in this podcast so far, and um, you know, it goes to that point that you you people see that and they go, "You're just moaning," or it's negative. It's constructive. It's completely constructive because. I feel like in football, you're the only customer. When you say something is bad, you get told to do one, essentially. And I, I, I can't agree with that. That's why, you know, we, we're speaking on that's why, because we want a comfortable experience, you know, not necessarily all the trimmings, you know, everything going well, but you want a at least a comfortable, fairly seamless experience. And that is not the everything summed up by a Villa fan there just sums, you know, sums up the experience, what it is like for Villa fans, you know, thinking of the, the corporate areas, I can't call them corporate, the terrace view and, and lower grounds because they're aimed at essentially us, but the carving up of the whole end, the diminished facilities, the, the, the offerings that, you know, it's all in the whole end. It's not in another stand. It's all carved one stands facilities out to provide a hospitality experience. Um, I can't I can't 
get down with it because it's it's diminished my experience you know there's times where i thought you know i, I wanted I, I was thinking about taking up that that bolt on offer for the the Brighton game and i thought what does it prove does it just does it put more money in and say that's the right thing to do because i don't think it's the right thing to do i think they should have made the concourse and the general experience at least acceptable before moving on to these things i think that's the thing for me i don't sit in the whole end so it's not directly affected my match going experience i'm in the lower trinity i sent a couple of pictures to you didn't i of the the concourse pre-match for me and it's it's okay again sometimes you do think oh it's quite tight in here but it's quite a big open space a few different food and drink options oh, again like you simon i don't really at the football when i go anyway again out of choice that i don't want to miss any of the second the first half or the start of the second i don't want to be stood in a queue for 20 minutes i think my overall thing of the, the terrace view and the lower grounds is that if that were if they were both created in the new north stand and weren't what you know didn't affect an existing thing, I don't think we'd be that bothered about it personally. And we'll talk specifically about the lower grounds in a sec because there's more comments about that about like the pricing structure and, and whatnot. I think it, because it takes away from the whole end and specifically the whole end, the stand that probably fans would re- think should remain untouched from this kind of thing. That's what's gripe people more so than anything else. It's not specifically sixty quid for this game. If you spend uh, forty quid in a pub nearby, no real difference, is it? Kind of thing to to an extent. It's the fact that it used to be free to go in there, and it's taken away from the terrace view is taken away from the size of the concourse and whatnot, and the standard for you guys for the the regular match going fan. That's what's irked people more than the concept of a hospitality. I think, like I said, if it was brought yeah. into the the new north stand, we'd have just gone. Oh, that's cool. That's new. Whatever. Yeah, I think my main issue is is that it's in the whole end. I think you've got your, your most famous stands in English football, the Cup at, at Liverpool, the Stratford End at Manchester United, the whole end at Aston Villa. And that's where the atmosphere should come from. You've got persistent standing at the back because people want to make that atmosphere. And I think if if you're putting, I don't, I don't want to stereotype, but you know, the day trippers who might come to the terrace view, you know, have a nice experience of the football going there. They're not the ones who's going to, create that atmosphere and I think if you put them in the new north stand where there's there's not really an atmosphere now anyway especially in the upper bit okay there's a bit of in the lower because you're near the away fans but don't touch the whole tent I think that that's my main problem please do not touch the whole tent because that's such a famous stand that's where the atmosphere is meant to come from and you're taken away from the atmosphere and atmosphere is a whole talking topic in itself that people have yeah, talked yeah. about in the last sort of 12 18 months at Villa Park anyway so if you're putting these things in the whole tent you've got a massive problem with atmosphere I just think please do not touch the whole tent. <laughs> that's my problem it's, a, it's even such a minor thing when we talk about like, the details of like, how the club presents itself and things that the, the previous Holt End, let's say, had the Holt End written in the seats. And then the terrace view replaces the top of the T, doesn't it? The seats. It's which is, is it? The seats are blue, aren't they? And the wording is claret. Yeah. So the, the bottom kind of like barrier or whatever you want to call it of the terrace view has been painted claret to look like the top of the T. When we're talking about like the optics of the club, would Liverpool put the, the equivalent of a terrace view in their cop? And then if they'd adjusted the seats, would they have just painted part of it to make it look the same? I very much doubt it, and I would expect Villa to be better than that. One thing that we kind of haven't touched on is the rail seating. It's usually meant to be the cheap seats, but because it's going in the whole end, it's in some of the more expensive seats, and because it's Mm. covering a lot of the terrace view allocation, some of the most expensive seats at Villa Park will be in rail seating, which is, in my mind, should be the cheapest seating, because it's not going to be a good experience to be seated in a rail seating anyway, if you want to sit. But also, it's it's where the atmosphere should be generated. So, if you've got like these transitory blocks of fans passing through, 
that aren't you know necessarily familiar with every match day we aren't necessarily familiar with all the songs or or the fan culture they're just coming in and out and in and out and dropping in and out through the territory which is fine enough they're going to be situated in in the rail seeing <laughs> for a lot of it which is i i don't understand that like that's that's not something i can really really get my head around because you know, it's it's not a, it's not a hospitality seating section in every, in most other stadiums. It's usually the the, the cheapest seat. I want to move on to a, another comment about uh, somebody who's using the terrace view, uh, and this isn't necessarily in support of the the offering. I guess it's well, I'll get to it in a sec. It's quite a long one. It's from Lewis, who says, "I'm a terrace view season ticket holder, and I feel as though I have to actively hide my lanyard slash wristband to avoid conflict in the ground. I've been personally mocked at the end of a game when stood in the terrace, and at nearly every game this season, fans have chanted things like not a hole tender.'" Uh, towards the terrace at half-time, some visibly angry. All the discussion so far on this has been the club have to make money and I don't like it, but I've not heard on any of your podcasts or any other channels discuss this discuss this issue in detail, how we're either the butt of the jokes or the source of people's anger. I think one fan was offering out one terrace, terrace view ticket holder for having a word back. It would be easy to dismiss this if it was just Twitter, as Twitter is a rage factory, but to see some form of abuse every game makes it hard to enjoy being a season ticket holder again. Um, has that been Laurie? Someone's got the ball in, by the way. Problem there. Okay. <laughs> um, some beeping the way through there, like a warning sign through that um, that tweet. Now, what I will say is, obviously, nobody should be abused at Villa Park for whatever seat they sit in. It goes without saying. Um, we spoke about this on a post-match pod once, where I think it was the, probably the first use of the Terrace View, and there was, was rumours that there'd been a disconnect, let's say, between regular fans and Terrace View shouting at each other after the game get a life if that's you there's absolutely no need for that if people want to choose to pay to do this that's on them so this isn't really a, like i said a tweet a tweet in support of oh the toast is actually really good and i like it this is on lewis to be a ticket holder there and that's absolutely fine this is a let's not abuse other fans for choosing to sit somewhere else that isn't the point yeah, yeah. i'm not sure you can you can have a go at fans who buy it i don't, I don't think they're, they're the problem if you if you put these offerings out there people are going to take them up because people are so desperate to come and watch Aston Villa aren't they they want to come and watch good Premier League football and obviously people are going to take it up so having a go at, at people who are in there is absolutely not not the right thing to do but you, I, I, I can feel that that vibe when I'm sat in the whole end and you see people walking up the steps in in potentially you know a shirt and they've got a lanyard on you can just feel it a little bit obviously going that extra mile and, and sort of actually having a word with them or shouting something is absolutely ridiculous but you can just sort of feel that that you've got sort of two sides of it in mm. in your cop end essentially in the whole end which is where the atmosphere should be and it just it doesn't feel quite right to me Right, so there's still loads left, of course. A lot of them are kind of saying the same kind of things. Because I've picked them out, I will read them at least. And even if we've kind of already commented our thoughts, we'll just move on to the next topic. This one's from Callum. The decisions the club have made recently off the pitch have been diabolical. From the new badge to the awful kits and the sheer disregard of paying fans. My season ticket is in the upper hole and the way they've treated regular fans in comparison to the paid terrace view is poor. We are crammed into a smaller space and have less toilet facilities, which means longer queues and overflowing urinals. The increases we have paid recently, this should not be the case. I also used to drink in the Holt Suite before the game, which I can no longer afford to use. I'm not against corporate at the football. I understand it makes the club money, but the nature in which they have gone about it is not right. Now we've kind of spoken, obviously, a lot about the, the standards of the, the, the concourses and the overflowing urinals, which is frankly grim. There's reference in there, though, to the new badge. And there's a follow-up to that from another comment. Tom says, I like the crest. However, 
The change in upper management and the reluctance to go with the full rebrand, apart from the kits, has felt stunted. Also, feel it affects our club identity with having two different badges. Which one is Villa's badge? I voted for the circle badge. However, now seeing it in action, I feel it's very similar to a lot of clubs and would welcome suggestions from the club. We've seen the new survey come out about the crest and the, and the redesign for a more permanent identity going forward next season uh, for the club's 150th anniversary. I'll come to you first, Simon. What do you make of the the crest situation over the last six months or so and then going forward into ne- to next year? It's been a bit of a shambles, really. I mean, in terms of in terms, yeah, in terms of the organisation of it, it's not looked great at all. As I mean, a different crest on your on your shirt and all your training wear compared to what you've got around the stadium and all your digital graphics, it's not. It isn't great. I think in terms of the process, I think they got one thing wrong, if I'm being honest, and I think that one thing was going out to the supporters for 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 a vote. I don't think I don't think that's a good thing to do, and the reason why I say that is because I think fans will always. Will always prefer something from past glory, so they'll always read that. It's like kits, isn't it? It's like you look at a kit and you associate it with success. If we have a bad season, you don't like the kit. Mm. That's kind of how that's kind of how it goes when you look back at history. Um, I think the two badges which were, uh, were 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 chosen and put to the vote, I don't think they were great. I, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure which company they 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 used for it um last season when, when Perslow when Perslow did it. Um I'm not I'm not too sure about about the whole process of it or in terms of the fan consultations. I'm not I'm not sure because I'm not on that. I don't think the two badges that were picked were great, if I'm being honest. And I think the better one out of the two was picked in my personal opinion. Um but I do agree with the club on this one that I don't think it looks brilliant. I don't, I don't think it looks great on the shirt. I don't think it looks great digitally. Um and so I can see why the club are going back out. It's probably not a good look, but if you if, if that's if that's the crest that's gonna have to sort of define you for the next what, 20, 30, 40 years, you want to get it right. So don't blame the club for for for, 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 for trying to fix it. Um mm. I feel like the I feel like the process is going to be better this time. I, I did fill out that survey um, a couple of days ago that they sent out, um, and I do think the survey is better this time. It's asking it's, it's asking more sort of detailed questions, um, asking people to put sort of free text comments in the box, exactly what they what they want to see. Um, it kind of feels like the club are going to take up on board people's thoughts, but they've already got an idea in their head about what they think a, a, a badge should look like, rather than it coming out to the support of that final vote. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. So um, it hasn't been great, but I'm glad that the club is sort of tr- trying to rectify it. Yeah, I think um, the the whole sorry, James, the whole circle for yeah. every club's got a circle badge. It's a very in modern thing to do, and like Simon said, with kits with badges, people are just going to choose the one that reminds them of good times. And obviously, it's the 1982 badge, basically with a line the other way. So it's a shame I haven't filled out the the new survey yet. I'm a bit reluctant to do so. It's interesting to hear this a little bit more detail just because I don't think the club take it into consideration. The last two surveys I've done, I don't feel they've they've been reflected in terms of the whole tent and the last badge as well. I just feel like what's the point a little bit with the surveys, but it's interesting to hear that it sounds like this one's a little bit more detailed, so I'll think about doing it. Um, but yeah, I remember standing in the in the away end at Stamford Bridge and looking up at the scoreboard and they were using our new new badge, the circle one. And they just look the same, don't they? That, that, yeah. that and the Chelsea one just look the same. And I don't want to look the same as as, as any other club. We've got a unique name, we've got a unique stadium. We're a unique club, traditional club. We don't need a, a badge that's exactly the same as every other club. And I think with with the two badges that the club put out last year and, and chose supporters to choose, I think they were the best of a bad bunch. Just because we chose the circle one doesn't mean we liked the circle one. I just think it was 
better than the, mm. the Pro Evo other other uh, suggestions, which was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> nonsense. It was terrible. It's interesting the point that Rob Warner made last week about the kits. Obviously, Villa and William McGregor, founders of the Football League, you know, creator of the, the league format. For him, there was nothing for him to look back on and think, well, let's just do that because we've done it before. It, it, there was nothing before this. So we had to be innovative and forward thinking because there was nothing to go back to. That's a club that we should aspire to be now. We shouldn't look back to, to previous glories or, or whatever. It's about the future. And for me, that is not, oh, let's just do what we did when we won the European Cup. Let's stick a star on there and let's flip the line around so it just looks a bit different. Be different and be unique and be what Aston Villa was when it was created 150 years ago, not what we did in the 80s. Although, obviously, that was very special. At some point, you've got to move on, haven't you? And I've said from the start, I've never liked a round badge anyway, so I feel vindicated in that at least. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the fan involvement in the in the process. I just think it with these two that we were offered, I think there was a probably a failing somewhere in the fan expectations and what the commercial or design team actually brought up. Because I know we accepted, and I say that accepted. I don't think we were all in on that round badge, the the, the current badge we have. Certainly, Aston Villa weren't all in on it, but I think. You know, this survey is going to be be better. The badge we get, if Chris Heck means business, and it should mean business based on what's been happening so far, is, uh, you know, it should be the badge that Villa set around for hopefully a decade or more. Maybe, just maybe, it might be that forward-thinking design rather than settling in and branding Aston Villa alongside essentially Chelsea, Brentford and uh, Man City. Simon, did you find it interesting that survey mentioned that, I don't have the word in, in front of me, but... The club's identity expects us to have a shield design. How how much do you agree with that on a scale of one to ten or whatever it was? That they kind of think we should have that that shield shape that we've had before rather than a round badge or just a singular line. That was the club's opinion of this is what we think. What do you think of that? Yeah, I did. I found that interesting. They've they've clearly got an idea in the head already about what it's going to be, and I think everyone everyone recently has been thinking that it's just going to be that standalone lion. You know, we've seen it on the club suits. We've seen it dotted around Villa Park and in press conferences, um, mm. etc. I think the one thing people are forgetting with that, though, is that we have used standalone lions before, though, in the past with different things. Like, I've seen club suits in the past before with just a standalone lion, and I've seen yeah. other bits of, bits of things that Villa have produced the standalone lion. So I, I kind of get the feeling like the club will use a shield kind of, uh, badge, but then they'll also use a standalone line in other areas as well. I think that's what really? the club will do, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I do find it interesting though when they talk about the how they think the, the shield is 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 what defines us, and it, it it sort of looks back on our heritage, our history, and also provides a bit of a, a future thinking club. I, I do I find that really interesting because I don't I don't I don't how how does a shield I don't understand that how does a shield how does the shield do that? How, how do you have that in your head that that's what that, that, that's how it defines defines a club? I mean, for me, it feels like they're looking at that because we've 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 all, we've, we've mainly had a shield um, sort, sort of badge over the years. Apart from the eight, apart from the eighty two badge, apart from the one we've got currently got now, they've all been shields essentially, haven't they? Over time, and so I do wonder whether they're looking at that thinking, well, we've always kind of had a shield, so maybe that's what we need to sort of stick with. I'm, I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not that. I'm not overly bothered. I think if it looks, if it looks good, I think if it if it looks good digitally, I mean, I've got to be honest. I thought this one did look good when when, when we were voting for it. I thought it looked pretty decent. Um, however, you don't see you don't you don't see it in its, in its true glory until it is on on player shirts, mm-hmm. on training wear, on 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 the website, etc. Um, and so 
yeah, I, I, I think um, I, I'm, 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 I'm glad they are reviewing it. I think it does need to be reviewed. But yeah, I did find that interesting. It looks like we're gonna we're gonna be going for some sort of sort of shield design. I wouldn't be that surprised if it's similar to the one we we we've just left behind, kind of thing, or the one that we still currently use. And I wouldn't be that surprised if, it, if it's if it's similar, maybe maybe different color schemes, etc. But I wouldn't be that surprised if it's similar. This one's some paddy back to the lower grounds. I've seen some people say. If you think it's too expensive, don't pay to go in there. £60 for all you can eat and all you can drink is actually a good deal, which to be fair, it isn't bad. But most people meet their mates or family in the Holt Suite for a couple of beers, not 60 quid's worth. And without consulting anyone, they've just kind of robbed us of that option, forcing us to pay 60 quid if we even want to set foot back in there again. The principle and the way they've handled it, brackets, like so much off the field, is so, so wrong. I think we've kind of said that before, haven't we? It's uh, it's taking away an existing option. It's not the lower grounds as a concept it's that it used to be something different the thing the thing for me is like that, that's bang on and i think it sums up the fears like i don't have a problem with the 60 pound all you can eat offer i got a problem with the physical and financial barriers being put up between fans where there wasn't before like what's going there you can go in there you should be able to go in there for whatever you were before whether it's free as a season ticket hold or whatever three pound in or whatever it was go in there buy a token for 60 quid mm. that lets you get the food and drink or buy the food separate or buy the drink separate you know the, the it might be a really good offer but there's a psychological barrier to entry some people won't recognize the deal they recognize that place has been taken off them which wasn't before and that has more weighting in their head than the 60 pound deal so however way you split it 60 pound for what the the food and drink is more than likely a good deal, but some people are going to see £60 as a barrier to entry that they just don't want to spend, even though they generally might spend £60 in there anyway. You know, it's one of those. I think the point about Villa wanting people to get to the ground early and stay after the game as well, we've talked about it with the whole Villa Live thing that was sort of connected to the new North Stand that's sort of gone a little bit quiet. I don't think they're doing that anymore. But they wanted people to get there early to ease the congestion, all the talk about Witten train station and all that sort of thing. We want to ease congestion on local transport links that aren't great anyway. But that's not going to be able to happen if you put in a £60 barrier in front of the Holt Suite that was free in the first place or last season. Mm-hmm. So again, that, that doesn't help and it sort of contradicts other things that they've said which doesn't sit well with people i'm not particularly bothered about what the offering is for that 60 pounds like you said james if you're going to go elsewhere you're not going to spend far off that anyway if that's you know your match day experience that you go and have a few drinks before and a few drinks after and a bit of food you're probably going to spend that kind of figure anyway it's i suppose the argument is like um like paddy if you were just going to go there and have one drink just to see your mates after who maybe sit in a different part of the stadium or whatever it's that that's been taken away and that's where the frustration lies. I'm not here to slag off what the experience is or how it looks or, you know, this kind of like, oh, it looks like a canteen and all that. It doesn't really bother me and I've not been there and experienced it, so it would be unfair for me to say it's crap. If that was in the new North Standard as a new experience, I don't think too many people are that fussed about it. It's just it's just because we've had something that was free before now being charged. I think what what stands out for me is there is a hunger for these offerings because people mm-hmm. want to stick around after the game and maybe the warehouse or Villa Live is whatever if it's twenty quid in, that's still a price too far for Villa fans. Um, you go to the Witten Arms, the queue was down past the Witten Station, so there is a hunger and appetite to stick around and be involved with other fans. But for whatever reason, be it the annoyance at it, the price point, whatever fans aren't taken to that offering so maybe there just needs to be that entry level one that wasn't there or wasn't thought of because fans are going to get it down the road 
They're going to get it around Aston. They're going to go to Perry Barn perhaps to get it. But Villa aren't offering that. They've probably jumped up a bit too high mm. immediately to uh, to get that. And I know that it looked busy, but I know a lot of people who are offered tickets to there for free. So, And it may, it may be the people that were offered don't fill up that, and there were some there. I know for a fact that there were some freebies being given out. So it, I don't know if it, if that the photo of the first day represents what it actually is. Um, I will say that for the fans that I've spoken to and for those that are maybe listening to this who haven't had their opinions uh, in this show but feel the same and want to make a complaint, there is an official club complaint email address that you can contact. The specific name of that will be in the description down below for people who want to send a complaint to the club because I would urge you that if you do feel unhappy about something, they're the ones to deal with it. I will say that somebody else who did tweet me with a complaint of theirs that I think I've already read out, they did send their complaint to the club and it was about kind of the, the standard of the whole end, the lower grounds and the terrace view. And I got a reply back from somebody at the club and they've sent that reply to me. The key paragraph though is, we appreciate the frustrations expressed in your email. Introducing new revenue streams such as terrace view and the lower grounds are essential to maintain support for the manager. However, we also know we must continually improve facilities across all parts of the stadium. In the Holt Upper, there are immediate works taking place to provide additional toilet and catering facilities, which should see improvements. Outside the Holt End, we are also looking at utilising the car park to increase match day provision this season. I like the idea of um, using the Holt End car park for something. I think that's that's definitely a space that could be 100% utilised. I think that... I don't know who it is that parks there, but I'm sure they could they could put them somewhere else or whatever. But I like the idea of putting something there, whether it's, I mean, we went to AC Milan, didn't we, Simon? And they've sort of got just, just I mean, you see it everywhere. It stands outside the, outside the ground, burgers, drinks, whatever it is, even club merchandise, pop-up stalls, things like that in the whole end car park. I think that's definitely a space that could, could be utilised because at the moment it's, your sort of fan zone is just outside the Trinity, isn't it? And that can get quite busy. And then yeah. what, what do you do if it rains, that sort of thing. So I think definitely the Holton car parks are a good shout. I personally think that the, the lower grounds, the £60 thing is, is not a bad deal on, on, on its own. Um, in isolation, I think it's a, a pretty, pretty good deal. Um, I think it's a bit contradictory what, what, what the club have said in the past in terms of we want fans to stick around and yet we've had a we've, we've in terms of the whole split used to get about 500 people in there um and yet now these 500 people i don't know where the, the, they're supposed to go because the options are limited around the ground in terms of where you can go which does which does slightly concern me i think the one thing i would say in defense of the club though um in, in, in defense of the current in terms of the current owners um down there i think they are trying to they are trying to bring the club kind of into the in, 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 into this kind of era, I think we had we had years under previous owners. I think Randy Lerner being the main one, but Randy Lerner had grand plans for Villa Park. He had he had the he he, he, he drew up the, uh, alternative plans for the North Stand. He drew up alternative plans for the whole the whole suite car park, as 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 as, as you mentioned, Max. Um, but I think years went by and no improvements were made to Villa Park. The North Stand never happened. The Dugelli Stand is, is fairly old now and has rarely had any improvements made. The Holt End has had little improvements made since it was built in, in 94. Um, obviously, Randy Lerner re, re, rebuilt the Holt Pub. Um, but apart from that, we, we didn't do anything else in all these years to try and to try and make things more accessible to supporters, to try and keep supporters around Villa Park. We, we had ample opportunity to. If you remember under Randy Lerner... We, we were competing for, for, for top four um, three seasons on the trot. We had ample time to be able to do that. Um, we looked like we were a successful outfit at that time, and yet we never actually made those plans a reality. And so 
I think I think in defence of, of the owners, and I think um, I, I think they I think they I think they're trying. I think they're trying to enhance that match day um, match day experience at Villa Park. There's a long way to go, as as, as we've said. Uh, some of our sort of our, sort of our some of our facilities in the stands aren't what they should be. I think a lot of these I think a lot of these issues have come all at the same time. If I'm being honest with you, and they're all being highlighted yeah. because of the things that they're trying to introduce. I, I get it. Um, but yeah, I do think some of it lies back with previous owners, though, as well, and previous pre- pre- previous teams who haven't who haven't looked to, to to improve things around the ground. I think, as you just said, Max, I think that in the Holton car park is a really, really good idea. A really good idea, and it's not going to cost it's not going to cost the club any anything, is it? And it's not going to cost supporters anything, hopefully, essentially. Either. You know, it's 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 not ideal because you're going to be standing in the cold, sort of thing. There's only so much the club can do about that, isn't there? You know, mm. the club can't offer. A facility for every single supporter who wants to stay around after the game for, for free. They're, they're not going to be able to do that, of course, they're not. Um, but to have that area will certainly help, and I think it's a, it's a step forward. But yeah, I, I do. I I just like to add a little bit of balance there, just just to say that I think mm. the the owners are trying um, where previous owners maybe haven't. I think the the key point is timing and communication, based off what you've just said, Simon. That we are playing catch up. What you said earlier about the the season ticket rises that was done incrementally over a ten year period. Not that you don't notice it, but two hundred pound over ten years is very different to two hundred pound over one year. Uh, and same with the the new kind of hospitality offerings. If it was just the terrace view this year, and we were told now we're thinking about changing the whole suite next season to this new offering. It'll be £60 per game. You'll get all you can eat, blah, blah, and the communication is there. You've got time to get used to that idea where instead of doing both at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, well, now what? It, it maybe comes down to like a commu- that communication thing. That, like, again, fans assumed they would get this whole suite where they've, what they've always had and they haven't. And, you know, that's a bone of contention. Uh, for non-match mm. day going fans, it's a point where you know, you see the, the arguments and flashpoints raised while you've already had it comfortable. Why should you? And I think there's a lot of points being missed here by people who are, are criticising the, the, the criticism in that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a labour of love to go to Aston Villa. We spend this money because we love going, because we want to be part of it. And when you feel that one part of the relationship isn't pulling its way, you feel a bit, you know, iffy. And mm. there is a sense that fans are feeling that. I've, I'm seeing fans on Twitter that very loyal fans that haven't spoke up about these issues for a long time now really, really buying into fan action, speaking out, criticising, emailing the club. You know, it's it is a real disconnect, and I think that it, that is what is throwing a lot of people. I'm going to end the podcast with three comments. So this will take me a while to read them out, but they're different experiences of a, a student, a season ticket holder, and a family, I guess. So we'll start with George. Um, my thoughts on the fangoing experience from a student's perspective is that tickets are simply too expensive at the moment. Last season, I went to every home game I could, but this year I'm finding myself picking and choosing as an under-21s ticket or a student ticket is roughly £30 compared to 20 last season. And some Category A games are just too much for me to justify going to. Unfortunately, I don't see them changing the prices anytime soon. And that's what I don't like about the prices and why can't Villa be the outlier because fans are literally having to choose whether I can go and do this hobby um, because they're being priced out of and I don't like that. Perry says, I'm an upper north season ticket holder. Are you upper, Simon, or lower? Yeah, upper. Upper. Okay, so let's see if this rings true for you as well. 
The match day experience up there is not a joke. They are still displaying last season's prices for food and drink on the TV screens in the middle of in the middle of the concourse, and it isn't until you then pay that you're greeted with this season's prices. That's if you're lucky to even get served. We no longer even bother trying at half time. Just fighting to get through to the toilets is enough, let alone trying to actually buy anything. Yeah, in, in terms of the toilets, and yeah, definitely. I can't comment on the pricing on on the on on the food and the drink just because I, I very rarely buy them, so I wouldn't have noticed that. But yeah, in terms of in terms of the in terms of battling your way through through to the toilets here, absolutely. Okay, and then the final one is from Julie. Uh, I, I wanted a, at least one female voice because all the the comments I got were from blokes. Um, so she says, "I bought memberships myself, two sons, and one of their girlfriends. They've always loved the whole ten, loved the singing, hate sitting down, and we obviously like to sit together. They failed to tell us this season what was going to happen with the upper halt, meaning we usually have to go to the Trinity Upper. While it's a good view there, it's not the same match day experience for us anymore." I may well have saved £160 and waited for general sale, as we'd still have got our original seats. Oh, and by the way, the women's toilets are as bad as the men's. Flooded and absolutely no running water to wash your hands come full time. Absolutely disgusting. Which, yeah, disgusting is, is the right word, isn't it? So a lot of reading for me. I'll let you guys talk in a sec. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I'd asked someone who was at the lower grounds for Brighton to send me like a review of what they thought of it for a bit of balance, because I didn't feel comfortable kind of slagging it off if I've, if I've not experienced it. So Jody says, first of all, I am against the whole thing. By the way, I've not read this before I, before I started. The whole suite benefit definitely shouldn't have been taken away from season ticket holders. I only went on Saturday as I got invited for free and wanted to have a nose. The experience overall was good. The atmosphere was a bit dead, but I feel like it would be better when it's a later kickoff as they could put other matches on the big screens. There was a Q&A with ex-players, which was good to listen to, and they didn't leave straight away either. They mingled. I ended up chatting to Gary Shaw for about 20 minutes at the bar. Food and drink, I feel like you could get your money's worth in there. Personally, I don't drink, but if you do, there's no limits, only that you can only get two alcoholic drinks per visit to the bar. There's no limits on food either. The options were burgers, hot dogs, chips, nachos, popcorn, ice cream, donuts, and pick and mix. Okay. Uh, Overall, I reckon it could be worth it if you drink, if it stays at £60. Also, a question of if they're going to sell at a £120 or not, as it looks bad if we keep holding back those seats and having empty blocks in the stadium. I think most people, like me, were season ticket holders on Saturday, so just had their normal seat. I don't think it sounds bad. I genuinely don't think it sounds bad. The actual offering sounds okay to me. It does. Um, and I think and I think the price isn't bad. I mean, if you think about it, if you, if you, if you had it bought for you as like a, a birthday present or a Christmas present, I don't. I don't think it's that that bad, and I think for what you get, the price of it is 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 fine. Um, but as we keep saying, it's just that it it's just that it, that that it takes away from from where all these other supporters were going. Where do they Where do they go now? Where are they supposed to go? Um, and the thing is, if you drive to Villa Park as well, uh, which 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 we do a fair bit, you have to be down around the ground so early just to get a, a parking space anywhere around the immediate area. Um, mm. And so again, where where do you go? Where are you supposed to go? Because there's not enough pubs for you to go to anyway. Um, and so you are kind of stuck to where to go. I mean, I was around by the Trinity bit last uh, Saturday against Brighton. Um, but then the but, but, but then the rain came and then you're in an outdoor bit. You want to you want to go in somewhere. And so the only option you had was to go in the stadium like over an hour, hour and 15 minutes before the kickoff, which is not ideal. You know, you would like somewhere to go. And so that's the only thing. I don't think the offering's bad. I have no I have no issue with 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 them having corporate areas, no issue with them having the lower grounds. 
I just don't like people being turfed out of what they have been able to use for the last 20, 25 years or so. I think it would be more lively for a half five kickoff on a Saturday, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. how many how many pints are you going to have to drink to get your money's worth? You're not going to do that for a half twelve kickoff. You're not going to do that in the morning, are you? So I, I can imagine, like, in isolation, take out all the oh, it's taken away from people who use the whole suite. Take that away. Sixty pounds for I mean, the food didn't sound amazing there. You talk about the pick and mix that sound amazing, um, but that's a, a separate problem. Um, but half five on a Saturday, it would be lively. Um, but yeah, get your popcorn out. That'd be fun. Just to end then, can I get a little kind of summary from each of you on your kind of overall feeling towards everything off the pitch? And I know that covers a lot of things, but as we've said many times, I'm not here to ask you about Douglas Lewis being very good or Unai Emery being a genius, because we all know that. That's besides the point. Just give me each of your thoughts on the club's uh, the quest situation and the kit fiasco and the lower grounds and all that, if you can, 60 seconds or so each. I just think it goes back to the point that I made about fans going to Villa is a labour of love. It's You are sacrificing time, money. The people who go to away games, sacrificing so much time, even potential career paths, you know, they're, they're, they're choosing a different path in life just to follow Villa. I don't think that's respected enough. And maybe maybe a 15% ticket increase or a 40% ticket increase is what is necessary to balance the books. But I just think with all of this added in, there is a layer of a, a disconnect that needs to be fixed. No one here is moaning. And to be told that you're moaning by people who, who frankly don't endure or enjoy the same experience as you, it, it's patronising. You know, we, we all here, we're all here just to argue for a better experience for fans and perhaps a better deal for fans. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all, despite how magnificent we are on the pitch. You know, if we can get everything right off the pitch, it's going to be an amazing club to follow. And I trust that they can. It's just there's teething issues right now. I think in isolation, you can you can argue sort of here and there for each individual thing that we've talked about in the show. I just think when you add them all together, it just stinks a little bit. And I think we are yeah. sort of exploited a little bit for being good on the pitch. I think we have been... So it's just it just stinks a bit because we're we're good on the pitch and then off the pitch it's like oh you've got to enjoy this this and this because we are good on the pitch and if you want to come and watch good football you've got to enjoy this and I don't know it just it's not nice um, and I just think from each of our own point of views we we've got different point of views because where we sit in the stadium whatever it is I think we've all got our own issues and when we talk about it together and we each highlight our own individual problems and it starts to mount up and it, it doesn't look great. Um, so I think there's a lot to sort out. I think the ideas are okay in terms of the lower grounds and stuff, but it just need it just needs it just needs sharpening up a little bit, and it, it's not a great look at the moment. I'm kind of on the fence about some things. I'm totally in agreement with some things, and then I totally disagree with other things. I think I think that, I think ticket prices for me number one. I think that that worries me. I don't think it's a Villa thing. I think it's a football thing in general. I do worry about where where we're heading. Um, just in general, I think in a few years' time we'll come to a point where. Gen, people like us will be. I don't know whether I can afford that, and that and that worries me. And I think it's a it's a it's a football problem wider uh, outside of Villa. To be honest, um, hospitality thing. As I said, I've already said. I I I know I know the importance to it, but I just think the club need to need need to take care of all supporters rather than just just the corporate ones. Um, I think we we all need to be respected, and I think we all deserve um, these decent facilities i think i think adding it all together is hasn't been hasn't been good pr for villa i think it's been i think it's been difficult as you say if it had been one thing at a time it would have been it would have been better um 
I think the club are trying in some ways. I think I think they are. I do I do understand it. Um, I think they've been more ambitious than previous owners, as we've already said. Um, and so I'd, I'd, I'd add that to it. But I, I look. I think I think if they can get if they can get our experiences right at Villa Park, more more facilities for us where we don't have to pay an extortionate thief, we can get that right along with along with corporate areas being, being, being an offer as well along with the team d- doing well on the pitch along with good communication um, and as I've already said I'm quite pleased that they are reviewing the club club press situation I think if they can bring all that together I think it's an exciting time to be a Villa fan and I wouldn't and, 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 and I don't that's the thing I don't want to come across as we are being super super negative I think there's so much going on at the club which is good as well and I think mm. it's important to highlight that but it's also important to highlight when things aren't going quite so well as well um, and that's why it's been good to talk about these things yeah absolutely and I might clip something of that at the start of the podcast because people will think click on this and think oh they're just going to moan for an hour but that's not been the case and I'm, I'm glad it hasn't kind of descended into that there is a lot of good good things happening at Villa but there's a lot of bad things happening as well and it's fair to give the limelight to both of those um, thanks lads for joining me your social media links and other podcasts and channels and whatnot will be in the description down below if people want to check you guys out uh, I've enjoyed having this chat at the very least and I hope people listening along have also taken something from this as well uh, as I said earlier if you've got a complaint to the club that we've not mentioned there's an email address that you can put that to for the club to comment on or try and resolve uh, and that'll be down below as well so subscribe to Carton Blue we'll be back with some football chat next of course for the European game tomorrow night and thank you very much for watching or listening and we'll see you then